0: Well, before we even get into it, Mr. Rainwater, we're back. <laughs> yeah, we are
1: back. We, we took, took a, a week pause.
0: off. Uh, mostly my fault, not Rainwater's. I'm I'm a busy beaver. these This time of year, September, October is usually like the busiest time of year for me. Mm-hmm. And then November gets a little more relaxed. And then December is Christmas time and Nick's birthday now. And, you know. Holidays and all that stuff like that. Oh so, yeah,
1: it's always it's always like the starting September. I love because it's kind of a quiet month, but October to December, it's just one yeah. thing after another, pretty much.
0: Yeah, and yep. hurricanes and I'm sure snowstorms aren't going to be uh, much more helpful with stuff right? like that too. <laughs> so, and anyway, we're back. Uh, if you're if you're not following either Rainwater or I on Twitter, that's where we announce that we took a week off or so on and so forth. So give us a follow. At the Anjou or at Matthew J. Rainwater.
1: It's Matt J. Rainwater. Matt J.
0: Rainwater. One of these days yeah. I'm going to get it right.
1: That's because I change it up on all my different social profiles. Like, Because on Instagram it's Matthew Rainwater, but on Twitter okay. it's Matt J. Rainwater.
0: Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I just – because yeah. I, I see tweets – or I see stuff from you on Instagram much more than I see your tweets. Sure. I have to go hunting for your tweets. Sometimes that's like you'll interact with me. Yeah. You'll interact with me. I'm like, oh, I'll see what Rainwater's been up to. Oh, he's been tweeting. What the fuck? Why am I not seeing these?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'm shadow banned or something.
0: Who knows? no clue. Who fucking knows? Nobody knows the algorithm, and I don't trust anybody who says that they do. So it is what it is. Anyway, I was busy doing a whole bunch of stuff, one of which, one of those things, was haunted home theater. You guys have probably heard us talk about it before, at least me uh mr rainwater joined us this go round yeah it was and, fun uh was it fun because yeah that was go kind ahead. of the
1: idea behind this episode because i was texting you while we were watching i was like hey what do you think if we did like a post-mortem on it just so that because i think for me i'm like i want to um I wanna help you in this process at least as much as I can help you, right? In terms mm. of giving, giving feedback. Sure, absolutely. And um, maybe just running through what would help you tweak it to make each episode better, right? Um, absolutely. So like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to watch every single episode live when it's no. released, but Beetlejuice I was able to
0: for sure. You're definitely not going to be able to watch the next one, because the next one's on Friday, October 14th, which is the night before Joker's wedding. So
1: Yeah, I'm going to be busy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to be busy. (laughs) Expect it.
1: So I was like, well, I can at least make this one work. And um, so I wanted to kind of talk with you, go run down through process notes, you know, um, run through sort of also like talking about pacing, because I thought something that was interesting to me while watching it, I guess this is the first thing that's on my mind is there's not that many segments with you. And mm. it was maybe four tops, I think.
0: I think it's uh, technically, I think it's five. Beginning. There's the beginning, the closing. And then I yeah. think there's two or three in the middle.
1: There might have been three.
0: I'm going to check right while you're talking.
1: And I know for you, like you're trying to determine what are good what are good stopping points in the story, right, to True. make those pauses? Yep. And that's not always the easiest thing to figure out, right? Because, like, you don't want to, like, if you pepper in too much commentary in the middle of the story, you can really make people disinterested in, you know, tagging along. Right. But at the same time, part of the reason you're even making in the first place is to have that presence, right, while people are watching the story. Have, you know, you pop in, give some feedback, give some trivia, give some insight into the story, which um, was another part I wanted to get to. But first, I kind of wanted to cover with you sort of how did you feel about how it was paced out for Beetlejuice and Beetlejuice isn't like a particularly long movie either. So it's like that. I'm sure that was part of the the decision making process.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of it goes into it. So first off, I just checked it. It's five segments total. There's an opening, a close, yeah. and then there's um, three things in the middle. There's, wait, no, there's opening, stop one, segment one, segment two, segment three, closing. Oh, I take that back. There's four. Okay. I was, yeah. I was looking at the thing and that, you know what, the, there was the uh, current indication marker, which threw me yeah. off. Um, so there's four segments. So one of the big things that I kind of play into it is... Um, how involved is the storytelling in my segments? So I remember, I, I don't remember if you did the scream in the new year with us. When we I did, did uh, which one was that? Well, the I know I w- one and two, and we did it on new year's Eve last year. I didn't do it live. I did it later on. Okay. That one I think had more segments because that one had me. Moving through my house, taking the phone calls from Ghostface and stuff like that. And so the real, the, the first thing that I really look at it as is there going to be a storyline worth caring about? Or is yeah. it going to be me sitting in a chair talking the entire time? If it's me True. sitting in a chair, I'm more often to do it less involved because i don't want to be just a talking head that keeps interrupting the movie that to splat out about trivia and stuff like that but if i can have something going on that is kind of a story within a story like a framework type situation i'll open myself up to other things and then it really comes down to are there moments where i can stop the movie and people would be like oh okay That's a that's a good stopping point, like the commercial break type idea. Yeah. And sometimes I don't want to ruin the pacing of the movie. You know what I mean? Like there are plenty of times when I would like to stop the movie and talk about what just happened. Sometimes I get really fortunate and it's like, oh, that was a really great moment. And that was like a downbeat. So I can pause it here and we can talk about it. And then other times, like something really big can happen and I can't stop it yet because the movie's flowing too much. (laughs) And I don't want to ruin yeah. the movie by my my interludes.
1: I do think, and I am comparing it. I am definitely comparing this one to like the Scream um, ones because I think also I'm gonna I'm gonna make an assumption here, but I would also imagine that you put in so you put in almost probably uh, many years worth of effort in terms of gaining the overall trivia that you had around Scream, right? True. That kind of came into the overall input whereas with Beetlejuice maybe it w- maybe not so much, right? Correct. So you don't necessarily have as much to comment on. If it's not a movie sense-
0: that I'm well versed in as it is, there's yeah. a process. So like right now one of my favorite ones that we're prepping to do is Salem's Lot. Uh, the nineteen seventy nine Toby Hooper it was a mini series, but they basically edited it together and sell it now as a movie. Yeah,, uh, it's almost three hours long. And that movie, I know a fair amount of things about it. So the normal process is the first thing I do is I watch the movie, and while I'm watching the movie, the first viewing is hunting for the the breaks. So I'm looking and the bright side of Salem's lot is, It was aired as a miniseries, so there are commercial breaks built in. So I'm going to be able to to pull on those a lot easier in this situation. But that's usually what I'm doing. And then I'm kind of marking down what happens between each break in terms of the movie. And then I will go trivia hunting and I will research the actors and trivia about the movie and the filmmakers and so on and so forth. And then I will start trying to figure out from there where each piece of information really is important because the most important thing is to me is that I'm not spoiling the movie in case someone has not seen it. And for some reason they chose to watch it through me because when I originally started this, I was doing double features and I'm probably going to go back to that next time. I think ne- like next season, yeah. um, I need to give myself more time ahead to start because in order to render the graphics and get everything all arranged and sorted out, it's better to get stuff prepped way earlier. But where was I going with this before? Well, I just wanted to. I'm um, sorry, I lost my train of thought.
1: No, what for you? What for you is the actual impetus for thinking about going back to double
0: features? Well, just- the I, the idea, and this is this is part of the the problem that I face. I want to do it twofold. I want to hit the fan favorite that I know people will show up for. Yeah. Then I also want to do a second one that pairs well with it, but is probably lesser seen and people are less likely have to have seen it and said, oh, I've never seen that. I'll, I'll stick around and I'll watch that mm-hmm. and, you know, get like that movie exposed a little bit more. So yeah, like, yeah, that makes sense. At some point in the future, I have a double feature. It's pretty much like I've written out my script and everything for it. For pairing uh, John Carpenter's The Fog with yeah. uh, The Old Dark House, which okay. is a 1930s movie. And it was a, a movie that, uh, not Todd Browning, James Whale, made in between Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Uh-huh. And it's a little bit more geared towards Bride of Frankenstein in his style. But it's also got that very atmospheric Frankenstein feel to it so it's a It's yeah. a nice like child of the two Of those movies it's a
1: good it's a good balance
0: <laughs> Yes <of the> <laughs> it's it's Absurdly ridiculous in some respects uh-huh. But it's Just ve- it's very moody And everything like that so sure. like the fog is a very Atmospheric movie yeah yeah and um, The Old Dark Houses as well Two very different movies the fog is very Serious it takes itself seriously from start To finish whereas The Old Dark House doesn't yeah. Those would be the, those are going to be a movie that I p- pair together at some point. Um, the problem is, and I was going to do it this Halloween season too. I don't know what movies are streaming on which platforms at any given time. Yeah,
1: right. That was so, a that was an issue you ran into with Beetlejuice,
0: right? Correct. Beetlejuice was on Peacock all throughout September. Towards the end of September, it started saying uh, above it, leaving in so-and-so days. So I knew it was leaving. But then all of my Googling, right, of like what's coming to Netflix in October, what's coming to HBO Max, none of it showed Beetlejuice, none of it. So it wasn't until Saturday morning that I saw that it was on, uh, I pulled it up, I Googled it, and Google gives you watch options as to where you can find it, and- It showed up that it was on HBO Max So immediately I went to HBO Max There it was, boom, Advertise it But the downside is is you don't know Who has an HBO Max subscription So like the two top tier ones That I'm trying to pick from Are Amazon Prime and Netflix Right, we haven't done any movies That are on Netflix yet Mostly the stuff that's been on Prime The Fog and Old Dark House Were on Prime last year And that's what I was going to do uh, and then I just couldn't get it done. I just couldn't yeah. get it together. It was just too much work. Uh, but then this season, they weren't there. They're not there. So I can't do it. And well, seven, another,
1: I mean, YouTube is another one to, YouTube doesn't have like all the movies in the world, but sometimes they do have movies where they just keep it on the library for yes. whatever
0: reason. So there's two There's two problems that fall into there. Number one, you're either asking somebody to buy the movie if they don't own mm-hmm. it already yeah. And that's a big ask because sure. most people no, most people won't buy it blind if they haven't seen it, and if they have seen it, they're more than likely to buy a Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray will come with the, the 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 code and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The second problem, and this is my biggest problem, and I haven't figured out how to solve this yet, because there's a shit ton of movies on Tubi that I would love to show. The ad breaks.
1: Well, yeah, that's true.
0: If yeah. they were front loaded with ads, if you had yeah. to watch like a block of ads for three minutes and then you could watch the movie without interruption, yeah. perfect. It would be no perf- no problems at all. But some movies are and it's kind of yeah. random and chaotic as it to is how the random. Ads, yeah. So like sometimes it'll interrupt yeah. the movie in the middle. That'll completely fuck up the timeline yeah. and staying in sync with me and the watch party yeah. whole part. I so.
1: actually like I forget about that all the time because I actually subscribe to YouTube. Because ah. I just got so tired of ads, and I listened to long format stuff on YouTube. I was just like, I'm just gonna subscribe, so I don't have to deal with this anymore. Okay. Which ironically, like a lot of the podcasts I listen to on YouTube, they still have ads where the people themselves, yeah, you know, that's are reading off ads. But, sure. Um. Still, it's like so. It's such a better viewing experience for me. But anyway. Um no that's a really good point and it, it that makes sense why you would look at Netflix and Amazon Prime as the two main ones yeah. for streaming for sure because those are
0: the two the people are most yeah. likely to have and they don't yeah. have ad supported stuff Absolutely. yet which i heard Netflix is going to be having ad supported tiers eventually right which but is But i mean suck. at that
1: point there's nothing you can really do you can't control who's you know like what tiers people are going to decide to get yeah i think that's going to be just a natural process of things you know it'll be what it'll be um the other thing too though is like so i know you're thinking about it from these aspect of like the live experience Mm. which is important i think because that is a really great communal kind of experience especially when you have people typing around in the chat and kind of giving their own feedback and all that stuff yeah but in terms of a long-term view um I don't think it's as much of an issue when you think post release because then it's just True. then it's just the the thing yeah. in itself right? and people can pause or do whatever they want right to play along yeah. with what's going on and you know I it's hard to know entirely what that could look like whether or not it would even be Something that would actually have a life after release, but I'm going to assume, yeah. I mean, because I'm going to, I look at this in the same way that I look at, like, in terms of format. I look at it in the in similar way to something like uh, Red Letter Media. They do commentary tracks, right? And you can, or riff tracks. They do the same thing, where you have, you know, you buy the movie, and you can buy the commentary track that you play yeah. alongside it. And I think a lot of people. Assume that going into it, right? Like it's it's not it's not unexpected that right. they're gonna have to buy the initial medium in order to like you know do the whole thing, if that makes sense.
0: No, absolutely. Uh one of the things that we're kind of playing around with, so there are apps that allow you to watch a movie in a watch party together. Like you can host a watch party through an app. Yeah. And as long as everybody is subscribed. You can control the movie like as the host. So you can yeah. pause it or whatever. The problem is, is I don't think from what I experimented, this was like a year ago, the uh, the pausing and everything like that only worked for me. So it didn't stop everybody else's movie. Oh, weird. Yeah. So if they can figure that out, what we'd end up doing is probably doing it through both YouTube and that at the same time sure. and see what people liked because if you know what I mean like if they could do that then I could Well, they could just put that on the full screen in their tv yeah. or whatever like that and then they could chat on their phone or whatever and it would work just fine like it would be a much better experience but I've, I've experimented with doing it on twitch I've tried doing it uh with um I forget what the name is, this the stream control thing. the that-
1: one the one that I that comes to my mind twitch you probably wouldn't want to do because twitch has ad breaks on the platform itself oh, okay um well actually I think I can't remember if that's something that you can have influence over. Okay. I'm not sure, but um, the other one is Discord. Discord, there are no ad breaks that get in the way with streaming. You can kind of do whatever you want, basically. Hmm. But it's a little harder to organize because of the way – because of how it functions. It's very much like you have to get – you have to – get out to all the social media places and be like, hey, meet me on Discord, we're gonna do this. Yeah. There's no like
0: bigger ask than YouTube. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, is like I think YouTube is probably the happier medium of all those right now. Right. Just because it is so integrated in so into so many people's
0: lives. Right. Which is one of the reasons why I chose to do it through there instead of yeah. like Twitch or another streamer or something like that. Was uh and the the chat was actually a happy accident. Because the idea was that people were going to have YouTube open and they were going to live tweet with me, which didn't go that well when I did my first episode. It it ended up – I didn't realize that the live chat was going to be playing and that people would log into their YouTubes and chat in the live chat while it was going. So uh, that was just something I kind of stumbled into. You know, I got to be honest here. Like – I kind
1: of – more and more I'm starting to think that Twitter's not that useful <laughs> as a social media platform. <laughs> I don't think – like there are people who use it well, but uh, I've seen way more in terms of like communal engagement, you know, yeah. to use corporate speak here. But like in terms of engagement, like the YouTube chat is probably superior in terms of just getting people – into just hanging out talking and also you can generate some income through that too if you add stuff like super chats and things like that so like you know and just to throw an idea out there you know you could you could ask people like hey you know if you have specific questions you want to ask me during this you know session Mm. throw me a super chat one dollar five dollars whatever and then you can answer though if you're doing it live obviously but, um, you know, I'll answer your questions at the end or whatever, you know? Um, but I don't know. Like, are you, are you thinking about doing the format more as a live thing or are you going to, are you still messing around with that?
0: I like, the, I like that it's going to be available on demand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like People can find it because right now the, it's still in its infancy. Uh, only because I do it so limited amount of times per year. Yeah. And it, you know what I mean? If if I can build a more steady audience, then it's much more likely that I can start getting more people to just tune into the the live streams. And then, you know, maybe I can make put the, the on demands behind a paywall type thing where because I know that YouTube allows you to do that kind of like Patreon Patreon now where it's like you can yeah. subscribe to the channel for so and so a month and you get the content and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I'm not there yet. I don't have that kind of audience. Yeah, I have a decent sure. audience. I'm so for shocked sure. that the, at the numbers of the audience, but uh, it definitely, I definitely need to maintain a momentum with it, yeah. and I need to build on the audience that does it. I, I
1: mean, I, could, I can tell you my most immediate suggestion in terms of retention and whatnot. Yeah. Um, okay, the most intense, The I'll, I'll go with the less intense, and I'll say the most intense afterwards. The less intense idea would be
0: do one episode per month after this month, after October. See, I could probably knock out two if I did. If I do them as single shots, yeah, yeah. If they're single movies, I can knock out two. I would
1: I would recommend that. I would recommend that if you want to retain like presence, you know, so that. You know, maybe you're not doing it as intensely as you're doing it during October, right? Right. But at least you're like you're releasing stuff two every two weeks is not bad at all because that's like long enough that people can go, oh, you know, that was really fun. I hope Jao does that again. And then like another week later, oh, hey, yeah, one week.
0: Well, and then another thing is that uh, I try not to compete. Where don't shit where you eat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah sure and a lot of a lot of the fans that i'm pulling from are from the last drive-in with joe bob briggs so yeah. i number one the one reason why i wanted to do it like this was because i'm mostly doing movies that he has not done yeah or or did so long ago that he's not doing again so yeah. i don't want to compete with him in terms of what movies i'm choosing but then also he has friday nights where he does certain things so there's a friday night this month uh october where he's doing a Halloween special. I'm not touching that night because there's no sense. There's no sense because I'm not going to have any viewership whatsoever. But well,
1: also like that's the opportunity. Here's the thing. You love holidays. There are plenty of holiday movies,
0: right? Yeah, but he does that too. Oh, he does. Yeah, he does. He does Christmas, like Christmas
1: movies. And he does stuff? the
0: Christmas. There's Christmas horror movies There's terrible ones. But okay. Uh, well, he yeah, does, it doesn't
1: have to be horror movies. You could do just fucking whatever. Home Alone like, and Die
0: Hard, or yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: would say like find the niche that, find the niche that would be specific for you, yeah. right? The movies that you really like that you don't really see people touch, right? And then go with that, right? Yeah. And like fucking. I mean, it's not really a Thanksgiving movie at all, but like Grumpy Old Men, like that's a that's a movie that would be great to do. Um, There's a plenty there's plenty of movies out there that you can run with where people
0: associate a movie with a holiday, even though it's not involved. Like, I'm pretty sure Rocky is a movie that people associate with Thanksgiving. I think it's just because like TNT used to play it all the fucking time with kids. Um, and that, that's what they're just used to. I know back to the future is another one. Like I've contemplated that, you know? Um, well, and here's the thing, like the other appeal is, is I think over, I think
1: part of the reason people want to come to listen to somebody talk about a movie and especially if they feel like somebody has a trusted sense of taste and like, like what you're doing is basically sort of catering an event, right? Yeah. So think of it very broadly from that sense, and you get to set the party. So just like make whatever party you want every two weeks, right? And you know, in with the respect of saying like, oh, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna touch like last drive-in territory, so I'm gonna touch territory that's like very specific to me, Mm. which I think would work well in your like for to your favor because you have you have movie tastes that I feel like are very specific to you as a person. As as somebody who's your friend, I know you, yeah. right? Like there are movies that you talk about that m- most people I know don't talk about at all. And you have insights into those movies that never really caught my attention at all. Mm. So like, I think that that's something that you can use to your advantage in regards to cultivating an audience and sort of, because I, I don't know, like, I imagine maybe something that a question in your mind is, well, if I go outside of horror, will
0: I lose all of the people who are interested? So this is, yeah, there to me, I felt like because like last year, it was either last year or the year before. I can't remember. I think it was last year. I was contemplating doing a Christmas special, right? We did the, the, the New Year's thing. But for the Christmas special, I was thinking, well, do I want to do scary Christmas movies like like Joe Bob does, like blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, no, but you know what I think has a not a cult fan fan base, but like a, a following, I guess would be the best way to r- describe it is movies that have a following and are kind of neglected in terms of uh, mainstream admiration, yeah. So everybody thinks Christmas time. They think, oh, the Santa Claus. Oh, Home Alone. Oh, uh, Jim Carrey's Grinch. Right. Yeah. Di- uh, Die Hard. Right. That's one right. that's definitely got a following. Like it's mainstream enough now, but it's got a following. Yeah. What else would I pair with Die Hard that has a following that kind of follows in that '80s horror or not '80s horror, um, '80s grimy filmmaking, Christmassy time, whatever. And then I, it, it occurred to me, I was like, oh, Scrooged with yeah. Bill Murray. That's got yeah. a good following. It's not the best movie. It's, you know, an enjoyable movie you watch at Christmas time. And if I double featured Die Hard and Scrooged, people are going to show up for that. And yeah. most people have seen Die Hard. Not as many people have seen Scrooged. Maybe they'll stick around for Scrooge. Maybe they're showing up for Scrooged. I don't know. Uh, but that was an idea that I kind of fiddled with at one point. And then to your point my thought was I needed to build the following before I could start taking left turns into things people had never seen or wouldn't watch because part of me was like, Oh, I could do uh, a Thanksgiving one and theme it uh, or the end show uh, pieces of April, which is a movie with uh fuck Katie Holmes. Excuse me. And it's a really like low budget indie movie. But it's about this girl, and she's looking to introduce her boyfriend to her family for Thanksgiving, and they're traveling to there, and it's just her stressing the fuck out, cooking Thanksgiving dinner. It's a great fucking movie. Great movie. But I don't trust that people will show up for it until I've established that I have an audience and that they trust my judgment enough. You know what I I mean? mean, Like a loyal enough following.
1: I I understand what you're saying. I would, if it were me, I would lean into that territory because wherever the territory that nobody's covered, that's the place to go. Mm. Um, However, I understand what you're saying more from a strategic standpoint. And I think you could mix that up and have a week where it is, here's something that's going to pull an audience Here's something that's just like, I think this is a good movie and you should check out, right? Yeah. Do a little give and take. And so that way um, you're able to, I I mean, I would look at it as it kind of functions as a one-two punch where it's like you do the popular stuff, pull people in, and then they show up for the next movie and like, oh, holy crap, I've never even heard about this movie. Mm. I'm really interested to see what else this person like, I'm really interested to see what Angel has up his sleeve, right? Because he must know some things about movies that I'd never even considered, right? It was
0: – so like when I was originally planning, I think it was back in August, I was going to do double features every single week this yeah. month. And I, that fucking went right out the door. But I was having themed nights, right? And so the first night was going to be um, – uh, Exterminator Night, and it was going to be Beetlejuice, and I was going to pair it with Ghostbusters yeah. and, and kind of keep go- keep that idea going that I kick off in the opening segment of uh, Beetlejuice. One of the segments, I think it was the third week that I think I had, was uh, Jow's Picks, which, you know, it's just a gimmick because yeah. I am picking it every week, but yeah. <laughs> it was going to be movies that I was going to be recommending, and I was going to hope people... And the two movies that I was going to recommend, like complete swerves, were... Uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight and Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes.
1: Nice.
0: Right? Yeah. Because like that those are two movies that people don't normally yeah. check out for Halloween time, but yeah. those are two movies that I personally fucking love. Yeah. And I'm still paranoid to the point where I don't know if enough people will show up if I'm just blindly recommending things. It's it's a tough gauge to do. Right.
1: Well, you don't you don't know you don't know if the juice is going to be worth the squeeze, but sometimes the only way you're going to find out is by actually squeezing. That's true. And you just make sure that you don't squeeze the same damn fruit all the time. You try out, see what works, what doesn't work, because like you've had, I feel like you've had showings that work better than others, right? Yeah. And it just depends. It just depends on the topic that's picked. I mean, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm by no means an expert at all on <laughs> YouTube analytics or anything like that, but i am just. I've seen it from videos of po- really popular people, and I've seen it from my own videos that I post. You can't. There's just like some videos are going to be super popular and some yeah. are not, and then there's going to be one that's going to be wildly like, why did this get? I made a fucking I made a fucking YouTube short where the whole joke was just like me kind of like pouting, realizing that I'm still a Dragon Ball Z fan. <laughs> I got like 500 views. <laughs> I was like, okay, like. Because well, people like Dragon Ball Z, like that. Right,
0: just, and that's, that was that was going to be one of the other things that I have to consider when I was programming, which is the right word to say, uh, which movies I pick. So, like everybody's dying for me to do Hocus Pocus and pair it with Hocus Pocus Two because they want me they want me to gush about one and they want to hear my thoughts about two. and part of me was just like that's really you know what everybody's noticing right now and everybody's talking about hocus pocus too will they still give a shit next year so part of me is like do i do a third one and i pair the two of them together near halloween and roll the dice and see what happens or do i stick with my original plan and do i just do a show on halloween night and i show the the classics that everyone's going to be watching anyway you know what I'm saying? Like, because mm. everybody's going to be watching certain movies on Halloween night. It's a Monday yeah. night. No one else is going to be programming. There's not going to be a Sven Gulli. There's not going to be an Elvira. There's not going to be a Joe Bob. There could be a me. Do yeah. I just hop in there and say, well, guess what? We're going to watch Halloween 1978. Are we going to watch uh trick or treat? Are we going to watch yeah. nightmare before Christmas? Like here's my thing is like Halloween
1: 1978 is going to be there for the rest of eternity. Cause that's a go-to movie. know, I feel like yeah. uh, I haven't watched Hocus Pocus 2. I've, I've seen some of your feedback on it. I feel like if there's going to be a point to comment on it, it's going to be this year. And because yeah. after this year, no nobody's going to give a
0: Well, well, they go all Marvel. And they threw in an after credit scene, and <laughs> Does they're, Nick Fury
1: they're, the, yeah, they're, they're very show up. Yeah, they're very they are the Avengers program.
0: I do not believe they would have left it in there, especially for a streamer. That I think they would have pulled it if they thought they weren't going to make a third one. Yeah, and so now if they do do a third one, I'll be able to piggyback on that. So like that's yeah. a topic as well. This year. They are doing uh, Halloween Ends, the third movie in the new trilogy. And they're debuting it on Peacock day and date when the the theater release is. So what I was going to do, I was going to piggyback on that because it drops Friday night at 12 or 3 or whatever like that. And a lot of people were like, oh, fuck, I'm staying up till 3 a.m. and I'm watching it second it drops. And I thought to myself, this is an opportunity. I could just host the first two, 2018 and Halloween Kills, and people are going to be marathoning it right up until the third one just to do that, right? Yeah. So why shouldn't I be the one that host it? No one's, Joe Bob's not doing that. No one's going to be doing it on a Thursday night. Why not fucking do it? And then the problem hits, Halloween Kills is streaming on HBO Max. Halloween 2018, nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. You have to buy it to own it. And it's yeah. less likely that people will tune it if they don't already own it. I don't know if 2018 was big enough for people to go out and buy or if they were just like, hey, I'll watch it when it's on Netflix or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I I just pulled that out and I said, fuck it. I'm not doing it. I'll wait until all three of them are streaming on Peacock. And if, yeah. you know, if the next time Halloween falls on a Saturday, I'll do a fucking marathon. We'll watch 78 2018 kills and ends. We'll watch a four movie marathon. We'll start at like two in the afternoon on Halloween day. People would tune in for that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the longer it goes. Um, so that, like it's it's really hard to not just to program what you think is going to be grabby. Yeah. And then also what's going to be available to me because I don't have these licenses and that's I, a big oh, part of it. So and so that's why I'm kind of like
1: leaning on the hocus pocus stuff because I feel like part of the reason people are going to come is isn't That's... just because of the material, but because of you. Mm. And I think that this is, an, a, this is a crucial aspect of modern media, is that people are gravitated towards particular shows, towards particular media, because they're gravitated towards the personality mm. just as much, if not more, than the topic itself. The topic is always important, Yeah, but the personality has a huge part of why people come. And I think that that is going to be – and you're saying it yourself that, like, people really want to know what your thoughts are. So I kind of am like, yeah, you know, that sounds like a good idea this year because you don't know. Like, I have no idea if they're going to do a Hocus Pocus 3. It sounds like they might. But you don't know right now. So lean on the moment that's available. Right. The the energy that's available in the moment, because that will help you for next year. Mm. And, you know, maybe next year it is Hocus Pocus three. And then you can <laughs> you can run through all three of them. And then like maybe three is good and two is just terrible or whatever.
0: Well, the one of the things that I am going to be toying with, I I wanted to do it for this year. I just did not get a time to do it between being on film sets, restoring digits um doing, like, just, you know, day job, dad job, all that kind of stuff. One of the things that I did want to do was cut up the streams from last year so that Dracula was separated and Sleepy Hollow was separated and Scream 1 and 2 were separated and people could watch them on demand and I could also make playlists where people could, you know what I mean? Like, I I was thinking, oh, I could do Frankenstein one day this year and then I could just put it in a playlist right next to... Dracula yeah. and people could watch a bunch of universal ones by themselves. I also thought about re airing streams. Do you know what I mean? Like doing a, like a watch That's party a really good where idea. it re yeah. like a rerun of yeah. the stream or whatever so people could still chat. Because for me, while you're talking about that, they come for me. Believe it or not, this is one of the first times I'll ever be fully honest about you and completely humble. I don't think people are necessarily coming for me as much as they are coming for the communal opportunity of a bunch of people watching it together, because that's why I tune into the last drive in, right? It's not about, I enjoy Joe Bob. I, I I like watching Joe Bob, but the hook for me is tweeting along with everybody else. Who's watching simultaneously. And we're all enjoying and roasting the movie or like remarking about how awesome it is. And it's a hidden gem or whatever that communal aspect to me was the biggest thing that was what was replacing the loss of movie theaters during COVID. Right. That's when I got into the last drive was because can't go to the movies. There's a, there's no movies and B there's nobody there. So Uh that communal experience of a group watch party of thousands of people watching the same thing at the same time, all talking about it was fun. You know what I mean? Even if it was a new movie, like I hadn't seen it, I was able to multitask between the two things. So I always felt like, That would have been a good thing to do this year would have been to restream some of the ones that I've done already so that people could do watch parties and watch Scream 2 or whatever, like or 1 and 2, even though they may have missed when I did it on New Year's. And it would have been another opportunity for people to do it. Sadly, I just didn't get around to it. Next year, 1,000%, I'm going to have those things ready. So the idea would be you know, I'll, I'll do like a watch party on Saturday night and Friday nights will be when the new ones are are occurring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just to keep people in it. But then you also have to ask yourself, because you kind of raised this before, how much is overstaying my welcome? You know what I mean? Like you said yeah. one, like two, twice a month would probably be good. Nobody wants to tune in every Friday and I'm going to dilute my audience and it makes it feel a little less special when I'm always there every week. Yeah. So it's more of an event. It means something when it actually happens. So that's the other part of it is, you know, how much do I do restreams? How much do I do versus the new sure. content? So that's a struggle that I've I've considered it. You know what I mean? Like I've tried to think this over and I don't know. And to your point from before, I don't know until I try. I, I like to have a calculated risk. I like to have some kind of a mindset going into it before. I don't just like to throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. I like to have a plan, see if the plan fails, and then see if I can alter the plan or if just abandon it. Like, yeah. that to me feels more like I'm building my skill set. You know what I mean? Because I can look at something and say my plan worked versus examining something and saying, why did this work? Mm-hmm. And it's it, That to me, maybe that is my ego talking where I just want to be able to blind and say, oh, I was right, but I don't know. Uh, no, I mean, what you're saying makes sense. I definitely
1: – I have not personally had the calculated risk, risk thing work that well in terms of my True. own personal experience. Same, same. It's So that's why I usually adopt the habit of just like, well, you know, I'm not in control of what works. So I'll just try the things that seem like good ideas to me. Mm. Um, and then, if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and I can move on. And um, in terms of, I guess, in response to sort of the restreaming idea, I think you have a pretty good point there. Um, I think what is most important is consistency. And if that consistency is once a month, twice a month, um, that's the whatever works is what works, right? And you can. Like, it's always easier to add on than to take off, right? So you can start from a very small place, and you can be like, well, I'll just do it once a month right now on the off when it's not Halloween, right? Because Halloween, I feel like for you, is like, that's the month I'm going to go whole ham and just put everything in. Everybody's Um, looking for it, sure. Yeah. So, like, you can always start with, okay, November, I'm just going to do one, you know around Thanksgiving season, one around Christmas, yeah um and then do that the rest of the year, and then see how things build out, and if it's like, oh, this is looking pretty good, I'll add another one, like mm. I'll add another each month, see how that does, and then and then go from there right yeah and you like. Once again, you're not in control of the exponentiation process, but if you find that the you know that the flame is hot and it's time to go, right? Then yeah. you just roll them out. Um, right. Once again, like you don't know how that's going to go, you don't know how the process is going to go, so it probably is better to start from a place where it's like less intense energy at the beginning, but you're prepared you have everything set up in the event that things really take off if that makes sense
0: yeah i get that and and see that now there's another factor that i have to consider right so let's let's play on the idea that i'm cuz like i said i had contemplated it the doing a hocus pocus double feature mm-hmm. right there's a lot more than just sitting down in the chair and spewing out trivia and picking out act breaks right yeah Because one of the things that I do do that's different from Joe Bob and Elvira and Sven Gulli is there's shticks that happen during my thing. So during Scream in the New Year, Ghostface is calling me in segments, right? Yeah. And he's taunting me. In Sleepy Hollow, we had the Headless Horseman show up and he dubbed me a constable to find his head, right? So these gimmicky things that I'm doing, these just kind of like skits that I'm throwing in there just for to, for mix-up. Beetlejuice. I mean, the... the, the
1: it's a pretty so, impressive uh, thing you had. I'm not going to say... What no, 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 this. we won't say people it, just in case people haven't watched
0: impressive. it yet. Um, so, but what I will... Okay, so I'll spoil something about Beetlejuice. What happened in Beetlejuice wasn't the original plan. The original plan right was to do the entire show on a green screen studio that I do have access to mm-hmm. and have the uh what's his name shit the um the witch doctor yeah right the witch doctor sprinkles dust on me and shrink me entirely uh-huh. down to a uh, you know, they're called, you know, like at Christmas time, people have the little Christmas villages that they put in their house yeah. with the little ceramic buildings and people and stuff like that. They have yeah. ones for those that are Halloween themed. They're called Spooky Town or whatever like that. And the idea was it was going to happen at the beginning of the show and I would get uh, shrunken down and I would do the entire show like how Beetlejuice is on the model in the movie. And the entire thing would whatever would be me green screened onto a, a tiny little village thing hosting from the village, the entire show. And what you ended up seeing in Beetlejuice was the result of not that, not being able to happen just yeah. because there was so much involved with trying to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. So for Hocus Pocus, right. I will spoil this right now because if I do end up doing it, this is the only way I'll do it. What I've tried to do, cause I've, I've, I've actually reached out to some extent to some people I want the Sanderson sisters to show up. I want impersonators. I want three women. I don't care if they're drag queens. I don't care. I need three women who are yeah. dressed as Mary, Sarah, and Winifred Sanderson and they're going to stick with me. You know what I mean? They're going to yeah. they're going to circle me. They're going to try and talk me into drinking a life potion. They're going to yeah. blah, blah blah blah. Something of that nature. It's not going to be just me sitting in a chair for the thing now when i did the double features what i would normally do is i would do sticky stuff during one movie and then the other movie would just be me just sitting chatting, chilling because you know it it, it feels like it's too much sometimes so like for sleepy hollow uh we had the headless horseman show up and i was dubbed the constable and we're looking for his head and i'm hiding the head and all that kind of stuff that's gimmicky and then we went to dracula and then for dracula we moved sets we went from outside to inside and the Dracula thing was more, much more analytical and much more historical with trivia. There was the, uh, I don't know if you remember, but the, the gimmick, it wasn't a gimmick, but like I watched the movie with the green gel over my projector to watch mm. it, how they originally did it yeah. um, and things like that, like more, I don't want to say intellectual, but it's more, you know what I mean? It's much more informal as opposed to yeah. the gimmicky action type stuff. Yeah, and yeah. that was kind of the the thing that I did. So if I did it, Hocus Pocus one, I would have the Sanderson sisters show up and there would be gimmicky because I love the movie and it's just fun and da, da da da. And then if I did the second one, I wasn't the fan of the second one as much. And I feel like me venting is much more entertaining than if I had some shtick going on. And yeah. that's going to be the one where people are going to be a little bit more involved in the chat because they're going to argue with me. They're going to argue with each other. They're going to be responding to my comment. You know what I mean? Like, That that's the opportunity there. The problem is, is I can't find fucking impersonators (laughs) to dress as the Sanderson sisters. And I've been like willing to pay them, too. Uh, And I can't find it. And then, you know, then you also have you run the risk, you know, is somebody going to show up on the day? You know what I mean? Are they going to be on time? Are they going to do their lines right we're fucking live is it are they gonna, <laughs> you know what i mean are they gonna hijack this show yeah because you fuck? have
1: to get three people in
0: on it yeah yeah, yeah and you also have to you also so uh, not to get uh too into the weeds about it but we try to really kind of time things out correctly so mm-hmm. that you know what i mean we're not there all night and that i don't get long-winded that's one yeah. of the things that's different between me and joe bob my segments are maybe about three or four minutes long tops Overall, I end up adding a half an hour to the movie, and sure. I feel like that's just enough to from yeah. of me to not be egotistical to just kind of do it. Joe Bob starts his th- his shows off with a twenty minute segment, twenty minutes where he sits there, he rants about uh, fucking vacuum cleaners or something that's completely unrelated to the movie, yeah. and then he kind of swings it around, and you know his breaks sometimes in the middle of the movie he'll break and he will interview the filmmaker for half an hour in the middle of the movie and we try not to do that. So keeping people on time so that everything works out and you know, the, the crew's not there all night and everything like that. That's like a whole thing. So it's a lot to make something like that come together. That's, that's my biggest problem. And then, like I said, for the hocus pocus, we know it's going to be on Disney plus. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be on there forever. They're never going to take it down It's just going to be there unless they start doing a Disney vault type shit with the fucking app, which I don't (laughs) think they're going to do yet. But I I could see that in a couple of years, how they would rotate the collection available to keep people from leaving.
1: And if you want if you want to watch stuff that's in the Disney vault, you pay extra for Disney plus plus
0: some bullshit like that. But uh, it's that's the gamble that I end up having to 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 play with. And the problem is. I don't know what's going to happen, especially with other movies, whether they're going to be available on streaming or not. Mm. And so then, again, another example. Last year, Joe Bob did a, a special for Halloween, right? And that was announced. It was the one special. It was It's usually on the third week, the third Friday, that he does yep. his special. And then last year, he did a, an extra surprise special on Halloween. Uh, like, On the following weekend or whatever, like the weekend of Halloween, which is when I was originally going to do the fog and the old dark house. So I pulled right away. I was like, well, fuck it. I'm not going. Yeah. So I don't know if things are going to pop up at random and I don't want to have to put in all this work and then all of a sudden lose my audience. Sure. Sure. That's 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 the big thing. It's like a lot of time, a lot of headache, a lot of muscle, a lot of money to pull that stuff. And, you know, because like people aren't considering so the one we just did, Beetlejuice, didn't cost me much because the only thing I had to buy was a pumpkin so that I can carve the Beetlejuice thing into it. Everything else I pretty much had already. But it was by chance that I had a giant headless horseman prop, right? <laughs> <laughs> For a Sleepy Hollow. I'm a ghost face fan, so of course I'm gonna are a scream fan, so of course I'm gonna have a ghost face costume yeah. and all that kind of shit. So As I do more and more stuff that that budget is going to have to get bigger and I'm going to have to find a way to supplement that. And that's another problem that comes into it. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of concerns that go into it. Like, I don't want to invest in a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. And then the movie's not streaming or Joe Bob throws a random thing out there. There's a lot of calculation that I got to throw into it. And it's all last minute. That's the problem is it's got to be last minute. And that's just exhausting. That's the biggest pro- pro- problem. Uh, absolutely. With it. I mean, I guess in
1: theory, you could come up with playbooks for each movie that you want to do. Which is exactly and, what and I'm doing. just have the play, like, okay, what's yep. available in the playbook that I haven't used yet? Let's look at yep. this one. Let's go. You know?
0: that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now is where I'm, that's what I, so the problem is, is that I realized that near the end of uh, last month, September, that that Mm -hmm. was the right way to go about it. The problem is, is now creating that archive to pull from at the last minute so that I can do it. So at the moment, I'm hamstringed by that realization coming too late. But by next year, I should be able to piece together shows. Do you know what I mean? Because I've got the rest of the year to kind of put that playbook together and go, okay, I can do this and this. These movies will end like make a list. Okay. Trick or treat pairs well with Halloween, but it also pairs well with nightmare before Christmas. And it also pairs well with this movie. So I can look at movies that all that might all be available at the same time and be like, that's the double feature. That's the double yeah. feature. That's the double feature. And I don't have to get just stuck to what I was originally hoping to do. Right. And that I think is what's going to do. It. And then I'm, I have the script written out for the old dark house and the fog double feature already written it's written it's saved on a google doc i know exactly the shot list i know the gimmick that we could pull off very easily and like all this kind of stuff so it's like i've got that prepared but now i can't do it because it's not available so what (sighs) i need to do is just look at each movie that i love and that i would love to host and do that for each movie and just have that stockpile ready for sure and then jump in. yeah that sounds like a good plan now let me offer an idea to you that popped into my head while we were talking earlier and i want your feedback i was talking about the on demand yeah right? doing like replays or re, uh, uh, reruns in your opinion and this is really just off of what you think you know or what you do know or what mm-hmm. you just think might happen yeah would it be better to schedule reruns rerun watch parties In one of three places, the place would be the weeks in between the new shows. Right. Right? So there's a new show at the first, the new show in the middle, and the new show at the end. Have a rerun on week two and a rerun on week four. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, to kind of do it was like, oh, Jow's not doing a new one, but we're watching this one. So if anybody wants to jump in, feel free. Or... Number two, do them the night before. So if it's on a Friday, we get people geared up for it by doing it Thursday night reruns. And it may not be a double feature. Maybe I'll just split one off. And you know what I mean? Like, oh, we're just doing a warm-up party or whatever. Or third position. So if I do a new show, a live show on a Friday, do a rerun of an older show on a Sunday night. Where it's like a cap off your weekend weekend with one more. Like I wouldn't do it Saturday cause I feel like that's too soon, but yeah. I feel like a Thursday night before is a little bit more of a heater. It's a little bit more of a warm up. So in your opinion, which of those ideas work best, the intermediums, the lead up or the epilogue?
1: I'm, I'm leaning on the, the very first option, the intermediums, because, um, because that goes with the idea of consistency and you get people sort of into the mindset of this is what I should expect at this time. Each week. Um, That's good. Even if it's a rerun, you know, Uh, so that way people are able to really think about scheduling that time instead of like, I also think, yeah, it's dependable. And it's like, I think you have a better chance of getting your stuff in front of people's eyes when it's once a week. Versus when it's multiple times a week, because people okay. only have so much time to give to any particular thing. That's fair. So you want to like hyper concentrate it into that one spot where you know people will show will show up. I like
0: because that. because
1: you're gonna be competing with an infinite number of other things. At well, any yeah,
0: point. It was shocking because I was not aware until after we did it with how many things we were up against on. Um, mm-hmm last uh last Saturday night, there were so many watch parties going on <laughs> uh none of them were are done like mine. you know what I mean uh, most of them are just everybody on Twitter were watching this movie at eight play it hit play at eight and they all watch it and they all do a live tweet along they stick a hashtag and everybody's yeah. doing the same hashtag that's you know that's the extent of most of the other watch parties so I think I have a little bit of a step up on that um one of the other things that I think that I like about your thing where you said, uh, the intermediary weeks, one of the things that I do. So I know and you don't watch pro wrestling these days, do you?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Okay. Are you aware of a gentleman named Paul Heyman? No. Okay. Paul Heyman, you know who Brock Lesnar is? He kind of, <laughs> everybody kind <laughs> of knows of who name. Brock Lesnar yeah. is at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. So Brock Lesnar is a really good mixed martial artist wrestler. Like he's a freak of nature. Um, and what they did was they gave him a manager. So kind of like how the undertaker had Paul bearer, you know who those are, right? Mm -hmm. Paul Bearer was a short little fat man. Undertaker is a tall phenom, very quiet. Yeah. Same dynamic. Brock Lesnar was very quiet at one point. He can do mic skills and stuff, but he just didn't. And Paul Heyman is one of the best manager talkers in the business. One of the best. Every time that man holds a microphone, people are glued to a television set. Now, I've said all that to say this. Every time, and I mean every time, without fail, he steps into a ring and he picks up the microphone. He begins with, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. And he starts that way because he revealed this in an interview. He's like, I don't know if this is the first time you're watching wrestling or the bajillionth time, but if it's the first time, I want you to know who I am. So that way you can go, oh, I want to watch to see what Paul Heyman says again. You know my name. Maybe you want to buy my t-shirt. Oh, Paul Heyman's making an appearance here. I want to go see Paul Heyman, blah, blah, blah. So every haunted home theater, to the detriment I'm sure to my loyal audience, I always start off by relaying out the rules. The second screen experience. You're going to pause when I say pause. You're going to play when I say play. When I say ready those remotes, you ready those remotes. Like that thing is very important. So the idea that you're backing up about doing the intermediary weeks will probably be good for me to build an audience of people who maybe didn't make a live show and want to kind of get into understanding how my thing works because it's, it's not really something that most people do. Most people who do horror hosting Either are professionals who are paid by a studio, you know what I mean? And they have license to actually cut into the movie or people who just rip bootlegs and stick them on YouTube and and, and infringe on copyright, which I refuse to do mostly. I think I'm technically infringing (laughs) by sticking like the poster in the opening intro and stuff like that. But outside of that, I try not to actually infringe the movie. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be respectful of filmmakers and the studio's IP and all that kind of stuff. So the idea to me that I can get people in and learning the method of how it works and stuff like that and repeating it every week. So that way, oh, next week's a live week. Da, 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 da. Like, it's more likely that people might use that as like a training ground. Do I like this? Oh, yeah. Do I want to do this? Yeah. And I feel like if it was Thursday night, they may not be able to make a decision by Friday. And if it's Sunday night, it's like, well... It already happened. The live one was last Friday or whatever. I have to wait two weeks. I don't want to do that. But if yeah. it's an intermediary week, it's much more likely for people to just be like, oh, give it a shot. Nothing's on tonight. So I like I think, that. I yeah. think you had good rationale, and that's kind of leading me that's to where kind I'm of leaning think more on of it too, a. For sure. The, the bright side is that by next year, I will have more of a library to be able to do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, absolutely. And because- it Go ahead. Um, right now you're you're in that spot where it's just you have to build out
0: the idea and you have to scale it out. Right. And do you think, now Now, let me throw one last idea to you before we wrap up. Is it fair to wrap, to do a single shot show and pair it with a replay? So like I did Dracula last year. If I did a replay of Dracula or, I, you know, I could front load it or back load it, whichever one I, I choose, would I put And I wanted to host, uh, I don't know, say Frankenstein, right, as a single shot. Could I pair that with a rerun that I already did? Because people watch movies over and over. People watch Joe Bob over and over when they watch a movie sometimes. They're like, oh, I've seen Halloween 78 a million times normally. I'll watch it with Joe Bob again. And you know what I mean? Would you think it would be good to do a, a replay Thing or whatever. I mean, for me, in terms of stress and getting the show done and stuff like that, it's, yeah. it's a fucking cakewalk. Knock out one, pair it with something we did already. Uh, but that the other oh, has time, oh, like a
1: double feature thing. Yeah,
0: something.
1: I think that's a fine idea. I mean, especially if you want more people to sort of know what you've done too. I don't, I don't necessarily think that it would negatively impact. You know, like the only thing that I can imagine is that people who have already watched it will just be like, oh, I've already seen this. And then they'll go do something else. Yeah. And people who haven't watched it might stick around and find out, you know, like, oh, okay, what's up with this? Yeah. My main. Uh, Oh, go ahead. The only other thing I was going to say is it might be confusing to some people, but that's that's literally the only thing that I can think of that would be a potential like, quote unquote, negative.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's a big ask though, because already I'm asking people when I do a double feature, "Hey, the first movie's on Peacock, the second movie's on Amazon Prime." Mm-hmm. That's a that's already a big ask on top of, "Hey, you're gonna pause and start on my cues," and there's you're doing this on YouTube, and there's a YouTube chat. Like, there's already a whole bunch of places I could lose people. So, yeah, it, that's one of those situations where I start getting less and less risky. Where I don't you know what I mean? Like I don't want to add to the confusion of that could yeah. already occur. So yeah, yeah. that's where I'm I'm really starting to come from.
1: I mean, when you're just tacking on something after something else, the the risk loss is so it's almost zero. There's almost no reason not to mm. to a certain extent because you're not you're not putting forth any kind of resources to add an additional segment. Yeah.
0: Right? right. Right. Right.
1: Whereas you could actually potentially get additional viewership, which builds and helps your own whatever, you know, yeah. um, your helps, your analytics, blah, blah, blah. So, like, theoretically, you know, a great place to be in the future where you have a 24 hour stream of just reruns playing day in, day out. People come in, co- come out as a, sure. Or conversely, you have a you have an archive right behind a paywall and people just right. you know either they pay a subscription or they pay oh you know a la carte and they just like yeah. oh i'll pay you know a 50 to watch this or whatever so
0: well, uh, there's a ton of things that i would like to do with the show in the future like i, I 100% need a co-host because i feel like to have someone there with me to chat with yeah. is going to be a good dynamic somebody who's like a foil to me being a fool um i would like it to be a woman who has interest in horror movies and or, yeah. you know what i mean who can who can also represent a, a different demographic and a different yeah. point of view of things and maybe they like something i hate and maybe they hate something i love and you can get a little bit more conversation generated out of that which is good for the youtube analytics and it's good for the viewership and it's good for all that kind of stuff again finding someone who is reliable and willing not as easy. (laughs) But what my main hope was when I originally started this, believe it or not, I didn't want to show mainstream movies. I was not my, that was not my gear. What I really wanted to do was find independent horror people and then not have to do the timeline sync and literally just host it, but do it for independent movies that weren't getting exposure anywhere else. But I don't think anyone would tune in until they got a flavor for the show. So, like, that's my end-up goal is where I would be, like, syncing or hosting a movie that's a mainstream movie I know people would tune in for. And then, like I said before, there's lesser-known movies, get them exposed to that. But then be also be able to host independent movies that I could actually just show right then and there. Well,
1: here's my question. Can you find independent horror people who would do that with
0: you? That's the thing. I think they would be willing to do that once I show that I have a decent enough audience that it's worth their while. You know what I'm saying? And I need to build that audience first and then I can help them. It's not, it was never about helping me. It was never about building my channel. It was never about, it was about one, doing something fun to fill the off season because Joe Bob doesn't do enough shows during October and two, um, helping other filmmakers. Like that was my real, those were my two goals with the whole thing was to just do that. And You know, it's starting to work. I think the thing is, much like how I talked about when we started this podcast, is that I have to be more consistent with it. And it's hard to do that, knowing what's streaming, when it's streaming, putting the show together, hoping it doesn't rain. The fucking the other day, we were getting the aftermath of the hurricane. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Literally stopped raining around two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday from the, the thing. And I checked the weather. I was like, okay, we're good we built the set, we put everything together (laughs) and you know what I mean? Like it was literally dependent upon that happening. Uh, I mean, we could have done it inside, but I really wanted to do it outside. I like the atmosphere of the outside much more. I felt like it worked better. And then, you know, on top of that, we also have technical things that we have to jump through the fucking stream. Oh, we got down to the wire. (laughs) because there was supposed to be a 10 minute wait screen before it started. So people could just see that it was going to be starting and kind of grab people and pull them in. The stream would not start for some fucking reason. I don't know what happened. I think we updated the software and it just, it wasn't clicking. I was able to finagle it to get it to work with 20 seconds to go. I, (laughs) I, I fixed it. So you have to remember I'm not on set (laughs) when we finally got it to go. So I had to run from the control room to the set, get down on the set, make sure everybody was ready to go with 20 seconds. That was it was insane. So we had the hurricane worrying us. We had the technical problem. We had all that kind of shit like and then even like the head shrink. So I'm curious. You haven't asked me how I did the head shrink.
1: No, I am curious how you did it. I'd love to know because that was a pretty impressive uh, effect.
0: Yeah, that, see, so I'm going to jerk the curtain back a little bit here. We shot that after we did the opening. So while the movie was playing for everybody, Mm. I I did my closing. And we recorded it. We took it off. We gave it to the editor. The editor started working. He did his visual effect. Mm. And then there's a very, very subtle cut during the ending of the ending segment you can't see it because it's blended through a morph uh transition and the the golden shower that <laughs> I <have> used a <laughs> different word the golden sprinkles that fall down on my head kind of yeah. cover when the transition takes place so that you can't notice it but if you look very subtly you can see that i think it's either my shirt or the 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 back of the chair like it pops like it changes a little okay. bit when it's happening And then he's editing while the rest of the show is still going. And then we, I have to remain very still right during that last segment. And they get it all (laughs) coordinated in the fucking booth. Shout out to the crew. Um, and they get it all going and then I just have to trust that it's happening. And we go, cause we don't, we're, we're too poor everybody. We don't have a monitor on set, so I can't (laughs) see myself as it's going. But, uh, but yeah, like things like that. Um, the, the cutaway of the Headless Horseman, like we shot the Headless Horseman right during when we did that. But I also pre-recorded the dialogue for the Headless Horseman. So they had to sync that. I had to remember my lines and they're cutting between pre-recorded footage of the Horseman syncing the cor- correct dialogue from the Horseman. And then I have to respond in the right amount of time with the right line. To the yeah. horsemen as they're cutting back and forth so all that kind of shit is so crazy the scream one was the hardest one to pull off because we were doing location moves every segment so we had to turn the camera off move the camera reset the lights go to the next location make sure audio is working that like there was a wow fucking, yeah. I will yeah never it's ever true. do that again that was <laughs> and th- to be honest i felt like those segments suffered because of it and i felt like we were too rushed and we weren't I wasn't able to get the information out the way I wanted to and all that kind of stuff. So in the future, I don't think there will be location moves during the movie between movies. We usually when we did double features, we did like a 10 minute break. That was easier because last time when we did uh, Sleepy Hollow and Dracula, just moving from the outside into the inside of the house was so much easier to do because everything was just preset, sat down, strap in the camera, plug in, go done.
1: So you're doing all these things. You're doing all these segments, like quote unquote. I mean, pretty close to live.
0: They're live. They're streamed live.
1: Yeah, I assumed that for Beetlejuice. I had not assumed that for Scream. So that was the case for Scream as well.
0: Scream, we were moving. We were moving. Wow. Okay. There, a lot of it, and that was another thing where we had to get Ghostface's thing to to sync up accordingly, and it was rough. It you was didn't, rough. You didn't want to
1: <laughs> You 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 haven't wanted to do any where you just pre
0: record. Before then? I mean, we could. Like, there was parts where we have pre-recorded parts before. Like I said, with the head shrink. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, And then some things when we had Nick come on as a a co-host, there was no way he was going to be up at 2 a.m. doing stuff with me during, uh, what's it called? Um, Dracula and all that kind of stuff. So we would pre-record, like, me walking into the set and me interacting with him was live, but he wasn't there, but they would cut to a shot. We'd already recorded of him there. There's times where I want it to be live because I am in the chat while we are actually watching the movie. And if somebody brings something up, I want to be, what's the word? Sure. Organic. You want to be able to respond to it. Right. I can be able to interact with the audience in real time. And I think that adds a little bit more fun to it. Now, granted, I haven't really done that. I think I did it once or twice. But I don't really do it I most mean, of the time. I
1: mean that would be – if you were able to incorporate more of that kind of responsiveness to the chat in the future, that would definitely be really powerful I think in terms right. of getting people's interest. So long as it's like within the realm of like this is a topic that people would be interested and curious about and want to respond to even if it wasn't live. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, and so, that's the other thing is that I the reason why I don't do it as much is because I I was also thinking about the on demand views where yeah. people are just gonna be like what the fuck is he talking about who's yeah. who's you yeah. know rainwater what wh- did I miss that did I miss a segment did I yeah um, so I I I'm kind of juggling between whether or not I do it it would be a hell of a lot easier if I pre taped the entire show and just yeah <laughs> no, I
1: mean I was uh, that's curious to me because I I I wonder it seems like it would be useful to have a couple are to have maybe a silo of ones that are pre-recorded so that you can just, mm. so that you can put more, you have less plates that you have to juggle for the live ones, if that makes sense. So it's like, yeah. let's say it's like you, let's say that you're programming for an entire month, right? Okay. Maybe first week you have it pre-recorded, so you don't have to worry about anything. You're just like, I just have to set in, forget it. Mm. And then maybe second week is like rerun third week live. So like those two weeks you're preparing for the live one and you're not as like, you're not as (laughs) like bogged down by all the details because you had to do live one, you know, the first week.
0: Yeah. Um, and then go ahead. I was just going to throw something out there. If you are doing a live show, I highly recommend do not actually drink alcohol while doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> which, if you notice in the closing segment, I'm much more sober than I was in the yeah. segment beforehand. And that's because yeah. we did the pre-recorded part of the stuff. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: it, I think you called him Adam Baldwin, by the I way. Did. Which I did. I, I did call I him think Adam Baldwin. one of Baldwin. the Baldwin brothers is an Adam. Though. It is. So it's sort of. Yeah. It's a I was like, wait, for a second, I was like, wait, is that actually Adam Baldwin?
0: No, that was just me me indulging in the alcohol that was on set because I love her to death. Dana, our floor manager, is like, you can't not have a can because it's continuity. If we don't have a can, if we have a can here and you don't have a can. So I'm sipping while we're doing it or whatever. And, you know, eventually you finish it. And she's like, you got to have another can. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like. Can I just keep the empty can? She's like, "Do you want to keep the empty can?" So and then that's that's when my falls in and I go, "No, give me a new one," and <laughs> <laughs> and then because it, it you know part of the thing is also thinking about performing, like I'm trying to calm myself in nerves because it's it's a matter because we do have a teleprompter that is one of the things that I try not to, to <laughs> disclose but we do have a teleprompter. However, when you're drinking and trying to read the teleprompter, you have to keep up with the speed of the teleprompter. Yeah. That's why I, cause I caught myself in the moment. I know I said Adam Baldwin, but I had already gotten behind the teleprompter prompter and <laughs> I didn't want to get further behind the teleprompter yeah. at that point. So I was just like, ah, fuck it. But it, it, that's one of those things that I really, you know, I think from now on it's just going to be, Oh, here's my snack, not my beer versus, <laughs> you know, yeah. all that stuff. But it was a, now I think everybody's got a little bit of insight as to what goes on in it. Because so like when you tell me that the consistency is important about repeating and repeating, this is all the stuff that goes into it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so much that goes into it right now. I'm working on Salem's lot. I have to watch that movie. It's a three hour movie four or five times. Got to get the breaks. Got to make sure I know what's happening in between each segment. Figure out what I'm talking about. Do my research, make sure everything's there build the graphics and the timeline, make sure those are working, design all that stuff because every time the timeline changes, you know what I mean? Like It's got to have a different look to it, different color scheme, different all that stuff. Got to make sure it's rendered in time. Got to make sure it's playing correctly. It's the right file size. Do we have enough size on the thing? All that technical shit also has to get figured out every single time. So it's a whole lot that goes into it. And then you have to figure... So uh, I'll jerk the curtain right here. Uh, One of the biggest things that... Cause I was going to do a double feature. I was going to do ghostbusters and uh, Beetlejuice as the double feature. My dad went into the hospital last month and he spent the entire month in the hospital. So factor in being stressed about my father yeah. with the fact that my mother is now going up to be with my dad. So, cause my mom was a nurse to translate doctor information as to, yeah. you know, so make the right decisions to make sure my dad gets right. I'm the one watching my son all day. So trying to watch scary movies with a little 19 month old running around is hard enough as it is because I don't certain things I don't want him to see yet. I don't think he's ready for it. Yeah. On top of that, typing on a computer, he's at the age where he's running around and he wants to type on a computer. So when he sees (laughs) my computer, he's crawling into my lap and he wants to hit buttons and stuff. So I can't, you know what I mean? Typing up my script while he's around, not going to happen. So like- Life happens out outside of that. Then I'm working my day job. Then I'm doing all this. So it's hard. It really is fucking hard to do it so consistently. So yeah, especially doing a live thing and then coordinating with the crew. Hey, you're gonna be here. Hey, are you available? Hey, can yeah, we gotta get the graphics done. Like
1: all. No, that I mean, stuff. It, it, it. It certainly sounds like if you can find a balance between doing like live and pre-recorded sessions, that might make it easier for you to sort of scale out what you're doing because the live sessions sound like they really... Yeah, that's trying. Because they use so much resources, you almost have to put them at a premium. And you can put them at a premium not just for yourself, but for your audience, right? Because then it kind of... I feel like in a sense, I don't know, I'm I'm thinking too business-minded right now, but like the best way to build value is to build scarcity. So Mm. you build scarcity for the interactive time yeah kind of create this impulse where it's like oh that that episode was awesome oh that episode was awesome oh we're gonna actually be able to talk with them on this episode like yeah everybody shows up um so anyway that was just a thought that came to my mind in regards to that
0: but I'm glad we did this because I I was able to workshop some stuff with you and I'm glad that you were able to help me because I do I do think that you rationalize the the replays on the off weeks uh, as a much, much more sustained idea than how I was playing with it. Uh, so that was helpful, definitely. And I hope I, you know, illuminated some of the 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 behind the curtain crap <laughs> to you guys who right. might be wondering. Because I know a lot of people, because I remember when we did the first one, uh, a lot of people were like, Jesus Christ, I did not realize this was going to be that. Like I didn't realize that the amount of production value you were going to put in it with graphics and uh, you know a giant headless horseman figure yeah. and all that like people were not expecting that so uh, I'm glad to do this little kind of as you called a post mortem that's a, 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 a fitting <laughs> right a <laughs> <laughs> fitting description of uh, what we just did but uh, I hope everybody will tune in to the next one which is Friday October fourteenth two thousand twenty two. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time. That's important for people who aren't on the East Coast. Uh, it's on YouTube.com slash Jow Films LLC. Now, the LLC is an important thing. Do not forget the LLC. I know it's company-ish. and I'm very, like, stupid that I still have the LLC. But the problem with that is that some fucker has the actual thing for Jow Films. Hasn't made a mo- uh, fucking video in years. Um, But it's mostly like stupid car shit like, oh, Mm. check out this Lamborghini (laughs) ( immortality) (laughs) fucking crap. So anyway, Jow Films LLC, if you see purple, you're in the right place. Uh, So hopefully people will tune into the live stream. We're doing Salem's Lot, which is going to be streaming on Shudder. If you don't have the Shudder app, I recommend it, especially for the month of October. All kinds of good shit. And you can also check out Joe Bob, which is also what inspired me to do this. Uh, He'll be doing his special the third week. I think that's the 22nd, 21st, 21st is Joe Bob. I'm on the 14th. If I do one more, it'll probably be on the 28th, which will be a a week in between. So I'll have done it on the first, take a week off the 14th, take a week off and the 28th, which is Halloween weekend. If, If I don't do one actually on Halloween, we will see. I don't know. I don't know. See, that's another thing. We're not going to talk about this because we're done. We've gone too long-winded. But <laughs> would people tune in to watch a movie on a Monday night? I don't know.
1: That's hard. Monday night's a hard sell.
0: <laughs> it is a hard sell, but it's also Halloween night. You know what yeah. I mean? So people are going to put on a movie regardless. But also, yeah. people are, might be handing out candy to trick-or-treaters. Yeah. They don't need to. They can't be stopping and starting and playing and pausing. and uh, yeah. Or they might be going trick-or-treating themselves, like taking yeah. their kids out. So... There's a lot that goes into these things, folks. These are the kinds of problems that artists have to consider. So if you're a YouTuber and you feel like commenting and letting me know some of your insight, feel free. If any of this insight has helped you as a YouTuber, you're welcome. I was happy to help. Uh, if you have a short film or something you would like to do, please get in touch with me because I would really, what I really want to do, not to get, <laughs> keep going. I think what would be really cool, because a lot of independent filmmakers don't have feature films, but they have shorts. Yeah. And I think it might be very, very good to host a movie and pair it with an independent short that might yeah. pair well.
1: That would be really fucking cool.
0: Which I think would be really cool to give exposure to some indie people. Yeah. And, you know, people can check it out. Like, what's a 5-10 minute video? Oh, I'll watch this. Why not? As opposed yeah. to, I'll watch a two-hour indie movie. Which, let's be honest, a lot more often than not, they suck. Uh, So it it's a good chance like that. There's, there's somebody I know who has really fucking good stuff that I would love to have his host his stuff. But uh, I don't think he would let me. That's the only downside (laughs) Not yet. So that's the whole point of building the audience. So I'm going to take rainwater suggestions uh, and I guess you'll see them implemented and uh, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? And (laughs) and it won't be just like a one-time implementation because one time is not enough to kind of draw a conclusion from. You got to kind of do it a couple of times and see if it works or sticks or whatever. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Welcome to Spooky Season. I doubt we're going to have an episode next week. Yeah, Um, the
1: next two weeks are going to be kind of
0: crunchy, so... What day do you leave on? We won't say where you're going, but wait, what day do you leave on? It's on Wednesday. This Wednesday, the 5th. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's no way. You're going to be busy all the way through next week. And then you come back home when?
1: Uh, The 19th. Oh, wow. Wednesday the 19th, yeah,
0: so... Yeah. So then yep. and then you're going to need a day or two to kind of reset and right. uh recharge. <laughs> so you know what? We'll we'll probably have our next episode the last week of October, which is fine. We'll do one yeah. mega mega spooky episode. Uh I think I know one or two topics that we'll talk about. Maybe it's a movie, maybe it's something Halloween related, maybe it's both. We'll see. Uh you'll have to tune in, but if you don't see from or hear from us for 2 weeks, that's why. Uh, everybody enjoy your spooky season and we will see you on the next episode not next week next episode later y'all